Welcome back to the Always Aggressive Podcast. Corey Palmer alongside Tanner Lipson and head coach Tony Ursland. Thanks for joining us uh, this week, boys. Uh, we're just chugging along here in the fall semester. I know a lot of things have happened in the last couple weeks since since we last talked, but uh, you know, let's let's get down into the to the nitty gritty. First of all, we'll start. You know, we'll start as small as we can. How you fellas doing today? Uh, I'm doing well, you know, uh, falls, fall weather has been great, man. The weather lately has been beautiful, not only for just for working out because, you know, we're still outside working out, but just, just to be outside has been awesome. So uh, I've really enjoyed the last uh, week and, and look forward to the upcoming week as well. It is definitely that we've got that, that crisp fall weather going on. It's that, that light sweatshirt weather that, that is one of my favorites for Mm -hmm. sure. Um, you know, the, the, the bummer has been that I also feel like it's football weather. Yeah. And while we haven't had football, now we got the announcement that we're going to have football. So that's super exciting. Um, you know, Tony, you can kind of weigh in. Like, obviously, you know, everybody loves football and it's great to watch it and be excited about it. But um, <clears throat> obviously it has bigger ramifications for us. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, it's it's part of our lifeblood, right, as an athletic department. So the impact is huge. Uh, I'm just a huge college football fan anyway. You know, I, I just one of the sports that I've really always gravitated to and really enjoy. So, um, you know, at least the prospect of watching games on TV, you know, Saturday, sitting on the back of the deck or, you know, in the living room, just, you know, hanging out, enjoying a game is, is something I'm going to really look forward to. And I know we're probably going to talk about the the deadline or, you know, extension of the dead period. I mean, um, you know, I'll have a little more time on Saturdays to, to enjoy those games. So, you know, it, it, it's going to be fun. I'm glad the SEC is starting up this weekend. We'll see how that goes. And then, obviously, uh, third week in October, uh, Purdue's going to wind it up as well. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's getting to be more normal, I guess, of a fall. We'll work in that direction for sure. <laughs> and so um, you, uh, you alluded to it. So I suppose let's go ahead and move there. Um, we got news this past week that the uh, recruiting period for the NCAA, uh, the, the, the dead period as they call it, I, although a lot of people aren't a fan of that name, you know, uh, we're going to have to, we're going to have to work on a new name. Corey, let me know if you got any ideas. Yeah. I'll, 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 I'll noodle it around a little bit. Okay. Something um, that will put a smile on our face more than like a uh, dead period. Dead period. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but also, then it's weird to be like, oh, it's a dead period and have a big smile on your face and be excited. Right? It's just, yeah, there's yeah. nothing normal about it. No, no, um, no. And nothing exciting about it. No. So um, <clears throat> what that means for people who don't know is that we are unable to travel to go see recruits and we are unable to host recruits on campus in an official capacity um, from, from until after the turn of the year, January 1, 2021. Um, and so obviously things are different. Um, you know, we could, we could go through a lot of the, the negatives of those, but let's be, um, let's be glass half full today. And, um, what have been, you know, what have been some of the positives of this, uh, this change in the recruiting period for this fall? Um, and, and have you seen any things that have meant, I don't advantage is the wrong word, but like, have you, have you seen anything that's given you kind of a positive spin on, on how this has worked? Well, I think that, um, you know, anytime there's change, 
uh, and change is good, right? You can't take that as a, as a negative. Anytime there's change, you know, you, you have to adjust, you have to adapt, you have to find ways to still thrive within the parameters you're given, right? I mean, you know, the easiest way is you think about, you know, where Freestyle and Greco was years ago, the rules were changing all the time. And yes, that's tough, but still, hey, you're going to compete for an Olympic title. Here's the rules. You got to figure it out. And you got to find a way to get your hand raised. And to me, that's no different now. Okay. We have a different set of parameters, but you, you've got to stretch yourself and find new and better ways to grow. Okay. And get where you want to be. Path is different. The goals are the same. Right. And, and so for us, I think it's just challenges to, okay, maybe it's more, how can we present um, what campus is, what our facilities are, you know, what that experience is going to be virtually. And then how do you kind of build relationships when you, when they're not always face to face, you know? And so those, those challenges are, are productive. You know, I think it only makes you better if you can, you know, deliver your message uh, when you're not always face to face and can't always show them, you know, right then and there what it is. It forces you to kind of really break things down, uh, be really efficient in your communication and, and, and really excel at that. So I think there's been some really good things. And, and obviously um, the compliance part, the NCAA has given us a little more leeway and some different things that we can do. There's some cool things that you can do to help guys get familiar with your team, whether it's observing a practice or maybe listening to a motivational speech or any kind of a, you know, um, like to use a football term, like if you want to sit in and while they're doing a chalk talk, you know, breaking down film or something, there's opportunities there to use that to your advantage. And so uh, I think, you know, I've been happy with what we've done and, and how we've kind of grown from that. Yes, I would love to have kids on campus. I just, you know, there's no substitute for the, for the real thing. But at the same time, I think we've found ways to grow and still kind of present our vision and, and build relationships with kids that, that is paramount. It's been really hard, I think, for us in particular, just from the fact that, and you say this a lot, <clears throat> you know, getting kids to campus for us is a huge deal because they get to see firsthand all the things we've been telling them and, uh, and, and see that it all lines up, it all, it all matches, you know, and, and, and we're so proud of all the people that we have associated with the program and getting kids and their families and their parents to, to meet our, our collective group is, is such a big thing for us. But no, I think we've, like you said, you know, we, we've, you, you have to find it, find a different way. Yeah. The goals yeah. are the same, the, the path is different. Yeah, those are the rules you're given, right? I mean, this is, these are the match rules now, okay? You know, there didn't used to be a four-point near fall. There's a four-point near fall. You, you, you can sit around and whine about it, or you can figure out how to turn people, right? So uh, it's, it's the same way. You, we can sit around and we can whine, or we can figure out how to recruit people virtually. Well, that you reminds know? me of, of when you're competing. You know, you, you, you go onto the mat with maybe a game plan, and then maybe the opponent's not, not – adhering to your game plan maybe the, the referee's calling it a little bit differently maybe you know you have to adjust on the fly you have to be flexible and I think you know it, it seems like the the staffs who can be the most flexible who, who can who can figure it out on the fly first are really going to uh to sort of have the advantage here Yep. No doubt. And, and I think, you know, I feel good about what we've done. I mean, you, you always feel like you can do better for sure, but um, we managed to, to, to secure a really good commitment. Obviously we can't talk names or specifics, but uh, you know, we still um, have a young man who committed during this time that 
really fits what we, what we really value. You know, we think we got somebody who fits our culture and our work ethic and our mindset. And so, so we feel really good about it. Um, you know, obviously there's no substitute, like I said, for the real thing. And we can't wait to go back to, um, you know, campus visits as well. We look forward to that, but you know, for now, um, you know, it's, it's, it's going, uh, it's going well and we want to continue to build on it. Yeah. It's been interesting. You know, we, we <clears throat> were about a little less than, than two months out from, from signing day for these 2021 kids. And we have a, we have a, a handful of kids that are, that are waiting to, to sign an NLI then. It'll be really exciting to, to talk about them at that point. Um, you know, and then we've, you know, with the new rules, we're in what year two, year two of the yep. being able to talk to the juniors. And so, you know, we have a, a host of 2022 kids that we're starting to build those relationships with and, and <clears throat> get a chance to know them and their families and, and what they're about. Um, and it's, like you said, it's just, it's different. And so I think, uh, you know, like everything else, we will, uh, you know, Corey talked about those coaches being flexible and, and who's going to make most of this time and so on and so forth. And it'll be interesting, you know, a couple of years from now, to, you know, after all these kids have signed and they, they wind up on campuses, um, who, who did it the best? Who, who adjusted the best to be able to, you know, grow and nurture those relationships to, to have kids wind up signing and, and attending their, their institutions? Yeah. You know, and for us, and I'm sure it's this way for lots of coaches, right? The best reason to have a kid uh, join your program is just because they're excited to be there, you know? And, and I say that meaning, you know, kids can choose uh, programs for a variety of reasons. It can be workout partners. It can be coaches. It can be a major, you know, this day, this school has my major. It's really strong in that area. And I'm going to tremendous degree. And we're fortunate. Purdue has lots of those boxes checked, right? We're in the right conference, you know, terrific university, coaching staff, workout. Okay. There's a lot of things there, but still, do you feel like the team is one you'll fit in well, you know, do you feel like you fit in well with the coaches? And so you, to do that in this world right now is, is more challenging. Right. And so I, I just had a conversation the other night with a young man about that. And I said, Hey, you know, he's getting really close to a decision. And, and I just said, Hey, you know, we still would love you to come stop by campus on your own. I can't have contact, but just to get a feel for it, yeah. because at the end of the day, you never want somebody to commit and then decommit because they don't have the feel for your program. You want them to be invested and to be excited about, about their future there and how they're going to be challenged to grow. So you still think about those things. You have to have those conversations, you know, because it's about getting the right people. It's not just about getting the most talented people. Uh, you know, I've been, you know, part of um, programs where we had access to terrific talent and you take the talent and then you get there and you figure out, well, their mindset or their work ethic isn't exactly what we want. And then the fit isn't as well. All right. And you're not on the same page and that's a problem. So trying to make sure at least do your best to get kids who you think fit your program is, is crucial. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you talk about finding kids and you talk about identifying those people. Um, lots of opportunities have happened in the past couple of weeks. Um, lots of opportunities coming. Um, some of those big, those big, those big tournaments that we like to go to every year, um, Grappler Fall Classic, Super 32, who's number one, all, uh, all coming up on the horizon. And um, we, we can't go, so we're going to have to do it a little different. Um, you know, we're, we're thankful for outlets like Track Wrestling and Flow Wrestling and, and some of these other streaming platforms that are, that are allowing us to, to watch 
these young men compete all over the country. Um, some of them have had to relocate. Uh, the gra- both the grappler and Super Thirty Two are moving to uh, it's Myrtle Beach, correct, Tony? I believe so. Uh, don't quote me. Uh, I think for sure I know GFC is is going to Myrtle Beach. I would have to check to see if that's what Super Thirty Two finalized. I think Super Thirty Two just announced that they're going to Myrtle as well. Okay. Um, I think that was the they're they're moving because they're usually in Tennessee or North Carolina. North Carolina, Greensboro. That's right. Okay. Um, so yeah, so they're relocating as well. So, um, how are we, uh, or how are you, you know, planning on following all these events or, and how have you followed the ones that have happened already? I think you already mentioned it. You have track wrestling, you have flow wrestling, you have a number of outlets to that stream matches and to get results. And so, I mean, that's from an evaluation standpoint, you have access to those. And that's been this way for a long time. I mean, let's face it, guys, how we spend recruiting dollars has changed over time. It it used to be you used all of your recruiting money just to maybe go to these events, state tournaments, Fargo, Ironman, you know, Super 32, whatever they may be. And that's where a majority of your recruiting dollars went. And while we still do a lot of that because you get to see the kids and, and, and create relationships, as I said, just from an evaluation standpoint, we've always had access to go back and watch archive matches and track or flow or whatever. So that's, that's been that way for a number of years. Um, and, and so it's really changed. Like maybe I would go to a practice. You know, I've, I've spent more time going to practices, club workouts or different things like that, where you get a chance to really watch a young man for hours. You know, how do they respond to, to, to coaching? You know, how do they respond to the details of what they're being told? And then again, you watch, maybe you go on a day when they're really letting the fur fly and there's going to be a lot of live, you know, how do they hold up over the course of the hour? You know, what's their mentality like? So we've really gone maybe more that route with uh, looking at kids and getting to know them better than just uh, the event driven things. And so it is nice. We can still evaluate just from watching the matches on track and flow. Uh, you just got, as we talked about here at length, you got to be a little more creative in creating those relationships uh, in a different way. When you, uh, you know, when you can't go to the event, I know, I know that, uh, you know, typically, you know, we'll, we'll just say super 32 for the, for the choice, for the use of, uh, you know, just referring to a tournament you know, we're going to go and, and we're going to, there's, there's guys that we're interested in, right? We've got our list per se. Um, how does it, in the, in the past you've gone and, and you, you come back and you, you see the guys that you like, but then you notice other guys. How, how has it been in some of these, these tournaments that have already happened? Like, has it been more challenging to stumble on new guys? Is it the same? Is it like, how is it, you know, how, do you, how are we noticing new talent and maybe having guys pop on our radar that weren't there before? Well, I, I think that is one of the dangers of not being in the events in person because you're not always, you know, you have a list, right? When you're, when you're going into an event, you have a list of guys and you always want to grow the list. So being able to sit in the gym and see four mats, eight mats, 12 mats at one time does allow you to pick up on some of those kids. So I think that might be the, the challenge for, you know, for COVID is, are you going to miss some of those guys? Or are you still going to do your homework and dig out some of those uh, kids who are really kind of developing late in their career, but really, you know, are going to have successful college, you know, uh, careers as well. I, I do see that as a challenge, I think. But, you know, again, that's just from watching matches, you know, guys, me, you, you know, 
Coach Shop, Coach Vega, Coach Souflon, everybody watching matches. And, and you hope that, hey, yeah, I saw this kid. He looked really good. You know, so it's just everybody kind of doing their jobs. And, and if you see something you like, hey, let's, let's get on this guy, you know. Yeah. Do you, see, do you see this hurting the class of 23 and 24 at all from, a, from an evaluation perspective um, in regards to, like, you know, while we can't, you know, we go to these events and we can't talk to those kids. You know, we yeah. can't have any contact with them. They're not old enough yet. But maybe there's some guys that, that catch our eye and that we can identify and, you know, put on the list for later. I, I think when you're talking about that far down the road, I, I don't think so. I hope not. You know, let me okay. put it that way. We have time, right? You still have lots of time to, to evaluate and get to know these guys. I mean, some of them you can't even c- contact yet, right? Sure. Um, you're just trying to build your list. So you know, I don't think so, especially with the dead period ending here in January. I mean, let's knock on wood and hope it's not extended. There is still time for that class and, and the class is coming down the road to create those relationships and to have those experiences. You just want to make sure that people, um, parents in particular, parents and kids don't panic, right? Like, you know, there's enough stress and anxiety with what's going on in the economy and the world, right? There's just, there's, there's more uncertainty. And so you don't want people to get pressured or panic into decisions because we know like you never make great decisions when you're, you're that stressed out, right? Go through the process uh, ask the questions, get answers to your questions, you know, feel good about your decision. And so that's what I hope um, parents are doing. You know, they're, they're going through that process still. And even if you have to be patient, it's just knowing that, hey, we'll get there, but let's, 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 you know, let's not rush because we're worried, you know, and that, and that's, that's my biggest fear is that you'll see kids making rash decisions because they're just worried. And, and that's, then you got mistakes, right? And, and, and the relationship isn't good and it doesn't work out and you got to go recruit another guy anyway. So I'm wondering, I'm wondering what kind of effect that will have. Um, you know, once we hit, you know, you've seen so many of these, uh, these young men in the class of 22 come in already, mm-hmm. um, you know, sight unseen, so on and so forth. And uh, I am curious to see what the end of the dead period and the, you know, if we resume a a degree of normalcy, um, I'm I'm curious to see what effect that has on, on the whole thing. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting. um, I'll bring this up. Uh, I I just got a memo too from uh, compliance. It was from the NCAA where obviously people are always looking for advantages. And, and so I'm sure the NCAA in, in, um, looking ahead is concerned about people still recruiting in a dead period. So they issued a memo that went to all the compliance people. It was passed on to us and our, our coaches association as well saying, Hey, they're going to severely deal with infractions during this dead period. So I know they're trying to get ahead of it, you know, and, and I don't know if there's people, you know, cheating, that's not my point, but I guess, you know, for people who are going to be trying to, you know, create an advantage while other people can't recruit or are down. Uh, it looks like the NCAA has stated, hey, we're going to deal with this pretty, pretty aggressively and investigate heavily what's, what's going on if we're notified of these things. So, uh, you know, it's, you, you still got to, you got to watch the rules. You got to pay attention and, and, and kind of do right by, by, uh, by these kids and parents. Because if, uh, if one coach is pressuring, you know, it creates that anxiety and then you got a bad situation. You, you don't want that. Kids work too hard to, to create these opportunities that they shouldn't feel like, Hey, if I don't decide now, uh, I won't have an opportunity. Yeah. 
and we are we are definitely very blessed in that in that venue to have two people like like Tom Mitchell and and Jacqueline McGill who um in addition to be very good at their jobs in regards to compliance they also have a wonderful soft spot for wrestling and they uh they enjoy our sport and they um they work they work really hard to help us out and keep us on the up and up and um you know apprised of all the rules as they come along um Corey, you had a couple other things that are uh i mean they're related to us but they're not related to us what uh what else you want to dive into today yeah you know you mentioned uh before we went on air talking about uh you know tony you're a big uh, college football guy i know we're we've all got our nfl football allegiances and and I know yours and mine both reside in the NFC North, so we won't. We won't yeah, out my yet. Vikings are on the struggle bus, Corey. I'm telling you, I, I'm so disappointed. I don't know what to do. G- give me another team, buddy. You, what, you can always be a, a cheesehead, man. The Packers are flying <laughs> high right now. Oh, uh, Coach Supon would like, love that. Oh, <laughs> I mean, 40, 40 plus points a game. How can you? Thousand yards of offense in the first two games. You just can't get better than them right now. Hey, yeah, I know. But, you know, my, uh, my 10-year-old, uh, Mason, one of my twin boys, he, he alerted me this morning that uh, the, the Packers are going down to play the Saints. So, uh, and, and Mason's a big Drew Brees fan and, and Saints fan. So, that's uh, going to be a good one. It is. It can't, boy, can't wait for Sunday night, that's for sure. <laughs> but uh, speaking of the NFL, you know, they had a, a, just a, a crazy rash of injuries to some really high-profile guys this past weekend. It's been a rough year. Um, and, you know, with no preseason games, with a, a, an abbreviated training camp and it, sort of a different schedule, everything they've had to go through, maybe it's not all that surprising. Um, it still sucks a lot, yeah. a lot of people. But, but maybe it's not that surprising. Spinning that back to your world, what can you do to, to sort of, you know, an ounce of prevention type, yeah. type of an approach here? Yeah, um... No, that's that's a great point. I, I don't think it's completely unexpected, uh, obviously, with the NFL um, having a little less preparation time. I, I just think it is. It's preparation. It's building uh, the volume over time so that your body can handle it. Uh, you know, obviously, injury prevention with weight training is a huge thing, right? That's number one thing, okay? Um, you know, it's not just increasing power, you know, putting on lean mass, becoming a better athlete. It's strengthening your ligaments, you know, getting those ligaments thickened up because that stress over time builds your ligaments as well. And that's what keeps you safe, keeps the knee tight, keeps the shoulders tight, uh, you know, and, and helps kind of uh, mitigate injury. It's not going to alleviate it completely, but it's going to help mitigate it to some extent. So, uh, yeah, for us, it's been very interesting because we still don't have a start date to our season. And so normally we're coming up October. October 10 is the start of the season. November 1 is first competition. We've not been told if we're going to get a compete. You know, obviously I doubt it because football is not starting until October 24th, I believe. And it looks like men's basketball, which is a winter sport like us, is what, November 27th? November, yeah, 25th. 25th, okay, sorry. So so I'm I'm expecting a later start date. And so we, we have slowed a little bit, you know what I mean, in, in those terms. Um, and, and part of it is we don't need to be ready yet. And the other part is um, injury. You, you really worry about kids coming off the summer. And, and our kids were great. They were disciplined, but they still didn't have access to everything. You know, there's a difference between a kid lifting weights at a gym 
um, and being able to, to, you know, execute, you know, a clean, you know, correctly yeah. and hold great form and keep the velocity that you need. You well, know, and having so, a coach on, having a coach on hand to monitor all that. Right, right. You know, uh, and keep the form right, keep the, the technique right. So we're very aware of that. And we've had a little bit of that. I mean, we started really light. If you just go, I go to the weight room, you know, we're doing the same thing in the wrestling room as far as it's mostly technique. Sure. Volume is, with any live is, is really low. Okay. But you start really light. And I mean, literally the first couple of weeks, the guys just had, had a bar in their hand, you know, a barbell going through the movements for those, you know, for those, uh, you know, big core movements, right. The squats, the cleans, uh, maybe a snatch or whatever. So, and now they're, they're building up into a heavier phase as we go, you know, we're a little, what, four weeks in, I guess. So it's, it's been being intentional about raising the volume slowly week by week. Yes. It's still been hard. I'm sure our guys will tell you um, that it, Oh man, coach has been hard on us because we've had some tough workouts, Good, but you know, not in ways that's going to hurt you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Your lungs are going to hurt running hills or running stairs or at miles, but you know, it's still, Trust me, where we're at now and where they will be at in terms of uh, their, their preparation physically and mentally in, in a month or two it will be well beyond here, you know. So, uh, yeah, it's just that slow build. And so you do, you worry about football. You know, that's my thinking about I go right away to college football is do they have enough time? I think they do because, you know, they know now and they're a month out. Right. So they, I'm guessing they feel like they have the ramp up time to get ready. I, I know I'm glad you took it there because – what I've been thinking while you're, while you're talking here is you're all in the same boat to, to some degree, you know, you football, they've got their start date, you know, the, the two basketball teams here at Purdue, they've got their start date so they can kind of game plan. But you look at somebody like volleyball or soccer who are normally fall sports, don't really have any idea when they're going to compete yet. Have you, have you talked with any of the other coaches on staff? Have you talked with coach Roth or coach Shondell or, any of those guys, do you, you know, do you have a chance to do that? I know a lot of times you don't have time yeah. to do that, but this is a little different this year. Have, have you compared notes and, and whatnot? It's been a little bit. Dave and I have chit-chatted here and there. Nothing I would call extensive, right? But I, I've seen him here and there. Maybe I saw him on the golf course, you know, or just in the hallways and, and asked him, you know, how things are going, where they're at. I know he was confident in where his team would be um, going in because everybody was in the same boat was, you know, I think that's the sense that you hear from coaches. Uh, and so, um, you know, I, I haven't gone into the extensive talk with each one about, are you worried about injuries? Right. I, I'm not you know, fully aware of what that may be for volleyball. We haven't had those conversations, right. but I think, you know, coach Shondell was comfortable with the amount of time he had for the skill and the conditioning aspect to be able to play and compete. He felt like, Hey, we're as good as anybody. And we've all been in the same boat. So I think most coaches were comfortable. Um, but you know, you, you always want the edge, right? That's where I go is I want yeah. the edge. Um, I don't want to just be the same as everybody else. We want to figure out a way to pass a bunch of people and I think I've said it on this, you know, on our podcast ad nauseum. We want to be better. We want to come on a podcast better, having passed people. So, so that's the search. It's not just treading water and be the same as everybody else. Too, it's like how can we be ahead of people when we're done, while maintaining safety. And that, and that's why our trainers are there. You know, we've been told, and it's not just this year. We've been told, hey, the most powerful person in the room is the athletic trainer. You know, when they see something whether it looks like, hey, a guy, you know, heat exhaustion. Like when you start working out, and we started in August, and it's humid, and it's hot, and we're just now coming back in off the summer. You know, you're watching for guys. How are they doing? Are they staying hydrated? Are they getting a little woozy? You know, 
he's the most powerful guy in the room. If he says, Hey, we got to stop for that young man, then he's got to stop. You know what I mean? So, uh, and, and you know, as a coach, you have to respect that. It's hard, right? We want innate in us is we want to push, we want to push, we want to push. And that's a big deal, but certainly, you know, that's where uh, understanding your training cycles and giving the kids the ability to be pushed, but still not send them over the edge. That's something you got to really pay attention to. It is, how, how important too is it to have that trust with your, with your athletic trainer, with your sports performance coach to, to really be on the same page with those folks and, and them understand you as well as you understanding them? No, I think that's huge. I, I think this all goes hand in hand because, uh, again, it's just like recruiting. If you know you're on the same page, right, we're fighting for the same things, then you'll give trust. And that's what it's about. I've, I've got to trust that uh, Salerno is still going to be aggressive in his return, getting these guys back on the mat because he knows how hard they work and their goals are huge. Um, but at the same time, hey, we're still looking out. Number one is the kid's health. His health, his safety is number one. But, hey, this young man's put a ton of work into, you know what I mean, um, his career, and we got to give him the best opportunity to finish mm-hmm. strong. That's, that's huge, and that takes – trust and, and it being on the same page. So it, it takes a long time, you know, um, Ryan's been with us a couple of years now. And I would say, you know, uh, last year we, we arrived in a much better place than we were the first year, just because natural evolution of him understanding me and, 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 and how we do things. And Tanner can probably speak to the same thing. He's going into year two and he's probably got a much better handle on what I value and what's important to me, um, you know, versus him and, and how we can make this work. We all got to get rolling the same direction. That's always the goal, right? Yeah, yeah. You got to you got to roll in the same direction. It's hard enough to win national titles and and do special things if you're fighting people rolling against you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I guess one other thing that we that we could dive into a little bit here. Um, we have recently had some uh, some pretty cool events from our our graduates in the mixed martial arts world. Um, a little while back, Cash Caroga. Uh, All-American at Purdue, won, a, won a, a title belt in his organization. At uh, I think Cash is Cash down at 125 or 135. Uh, Corey, do you remember? I think he's at uh, I think he's at 125. I think he's at 125 too. But Back he, to his uh, old weight class, huh? Yeah. Right? Yeah, Back long to his time old weight class. Suck but, yeah, so I think he, he was able to get his hands on, on a belt in his organization. Um, then recently won Archuleta. Took the Bellator bantamweight belt, uh, 135 pounds, and he's uh, he's been flaunting that around social media and, and doing his thing. And <laughs> we reached out. I sent him a note. He was he was appreciative of our well wishes. Um, yep. That was really cool. And then and on the other end of the spectrum, you know, those are two young guys just coming up in the sport. Uh, John Fitch, yep. who's had a, had a long prestigious uh, really? career, has has hung it up. He left his. He left his gloves in the middle of the ring after his last fight uh, in Bellator. And yeah. So uh, it's been it's been interesting to see our guys continue to compete and and uh, you know in, in in a combat format um, and and have a lot of success. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, I think it's been well documented. Obviously, the transition or crossover from wrestling into uh, you know. Uh, the UFC Bellator, those kinds of things is, is, is a, is a pretty strong one. They typically have a lot of success. So it is, it's great to see those guys, both young and old, you know, doing well and thriving. 
uh, in competitive environments, right? I mean, that wrestling's competitive. These guys certainly uh, took that, um, you know, into, into the martial arts or the, you know, fighting. Uh, the one thing I want to know is Cash hit high crotch uh, in, his, in his life, though, because Cash had one of, one of the best high crotches around when he was competing, right? I mean, he, he high crotched everybody. So I, I just want to know if he got away from the high crotch or did he still, did he still find his way into a high crotch in his last fight? <laughs> I don't know that, the, you know, and, and again, this is, this is a little bit of ignorance on my part. I don't know that the high C has a whole lot of transition into MMA. I don't either. There's, there's not much use. I'm, I'm with you, but I mean, I just can't picture him, you know, doing Man, it was something na- it's nasty, though, hitting a high it? crotch. It's nasty. Yeah. You know, maybe, <laughs> maybe a high crotch into a choke, a rear naked choke. I don't know. Transition. <laughs> uh, I'm looking at his, uh, his recent performances. Uh, the last win that he had, uh, the, the, the finishing note that it has here is win by punches so TKO. It, it seems like he's just he's just out there flailing he's got heavy hands too groundwork. he does i mean he was cash is such a little like pit bull and like i mean just yeah. a tank always was going forward like you said had that really good high c um and, and i've seen some of his highlights he's he's throwing hands he's throwing kicks he has um he's put some heavy stuff on guys he's you know I've, i'm looking at his record right now he's got a four and one pro record um Two wins by KO, two wins by TKO, and he's the he's the king of the cage, flyweight champion as it as it stands. He there you done, go. Uh, he's done really well. Oh, was, it's good to see. I was able to watch that uh, that last Bellator uh, the title uh, card that featured both Fitch and Archuleta. It was really cool to see you know a couple Boilermakers on on that fight card, and you know. Fitch didn't go out the way he wanted to, but it, he was he was all class the whole way. It was so awesome watching how a professional's supposed to react, win or lose. He was great, and then you know Juan was uh, it was a fantastic fight. He was in trouble the entire first ten minutes of that bout, that bout, but he stuck with it and and stuck to his game plan and and came out uh, you know with the belt. Tony, I'm I'm wondering, is this something that you know? Mixed martial arts has gotten bigger, and it's it's only going to continue growing. Is this something guys come to you to talk to you about as, as a potential future for them? Yeah, over the years, I mean, twenty three years of coaching, and certainly, obviously, it wasn't as big, um, you know, as it is now, right? Like boxing seems to be really fading, and 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 UFC, uh, Bellator, those really seem to be coming on, you know, and expanding their market. Uh, it, yeah, I mean, it's been something that uh, guys have, have expressed an interest in and, and wanted to go down that path. And I think, you know, you're always just trying to help guys get where they want to be. You know what I mean? And so I, over, I haven't had any here, you know what I mean? Um, right. But it's been something over the years that comes up from time to time. I know, you know, if you look back from Nebraska, a lot of guys would love to see a person like Jordan Burroughs get into that. I think he's kind of, you know, put those flames out for the most part. Yes, he but, has. <laughs> you know, he's a lover, not a fighter. Uh, it's, it's not for everybody. Yeah, for but, sure. But no, the transition is so natural that I think it's, it's just, you know, the, maybe the next transition for guys who want to stay competitive, right? Like it's really hard to give up your career. I mean, we, we talk about that with kids, seniors who are kind of winding down, getting ready for the, the workforce, you know, what that's going to be like and how life can change. And some of these, you know, guys, gals, they, they want to keep going. They want that competitive juices. They want something to train for. So it, it's natural. Um, 
you know, and you just try to send them on to people that you know uh, can help guide them, you know, and take them where they want to go. That's certainly not me. You know, that wasn't, wasn't my path. And I'm old enough where it wasn't a thing, you know, yeah. for us, but, but now it is. And so you've, you know, you want to help kids and, and do right by them as they make that transition. For sure. Well, uh, uh, congrats again to, to Juan on, on his win and, and Cash for his a little, a little further back. I got to imagine Cash is probably going to fight again soon. I'll have to text him and see, see what he's got on the, on the radar. And, and then obviously a huge congrats to John Fitch on an on a outstanding mixed martial yeah. arts career, um, you know, regarded as one of the best welterweights ever. Yeah. Longevity in a, in a very yeah. tough sport where it's, it's hard to have longevity. So yeah, uh, sure. kudos to him. Fellas, he's, he's about my age. I have no idea. I, I have trouble getting out of bed sometimes <laughs> after, after a long walk. I don't know how you do what, what those guys do in their early forties. I'm going to go out on a limb and say he's trained a little harder than you. Corey. A little bit. A little bit. <laughs> no, no offense intended. However, right. Absolutely. No, none taken. And, and yeah, no doubt. Congratulations to those guys. It's, it's 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 a ton of fun to watch. Um, I think I think that's all we got on the radar for this week. Yeah. Yep. Hey, the one thing I will bring up, and I know we didn't even mention this, but uh, we've got a BRTC golf outing this weekend. I just want to <laughs> give a shout out to that. Um, you know, uh, sure. I mentioned the great weather, so we're expecting tremendous weather. We're going to cross our fingers. Should be a great time for all. And if you know, uh, if anybody you know wants to. Uh, to, uh, to help out the program, please keep that in mind as we move forward. Absolutely. Should be, uh, yeah, I checked the uh, forecast the other day. We should have some amazing weather for, for Ackerman Allen out at the, Boilermaker, the Berg Boilermaker Golf Complex. It should be a, should be a great day. Looking forward to seeing a lot of family, friends, alumni, you know, should, and those, those opportunities are a little more rare, right? I mean, it's yeah. just, it's harder, but thank, thankfully golf is one way people can still stay active. And so we do, we look forward to that and uh, creating some more memories. One thing Great. about the last couple months, it makes you appreciate those opportunities, you know, maybe more than, than in past years, instead of it being one more thing you need to do, it's, it's something you're really looking forward to this year. So no doubt uh, have, have a ton of fun out there guys. And, uh, we are going to take next week off on on the pod, but uh, we'll be back with you uh, down the road. And that'll do it for this week. For Tanner and Tony, I'm Corey. Boiler up. <laughs>